In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. At this time of year, many of us in this part of the world have grown accustomed to celebrating Oktoberfest. That is because of the German influence we have in this part of the United States. Oktoberfest is not a very ancient feast. It began in Bavaria in October of 1810. It was by origin a celebration of the marriage of Prince Ludwig of Bavaria to Princess Teresa. And it became over time a celebration of Bavarian and eventually national German culture. The month of October now marks the end, not the beginning, of the two-week festivities. For as it was decided that it would be far more enjoyable to make merry outdoors during September's milder weather in Germany as in a place like Wisconsin. Here in central Wisconsin, we have more than just good beer to make us rival Bavarian culture. We have the most beautiful high Gothic church to be found anywhere outside of southern Germany or Austria. And in these few mild September days that remain to us, the Immaculate Queen to whom this church is dedicated reminds us that we have a far more important Oktoberfest to prepare for. For every single one of us, priest, religious, married, single, young and old, the devout and sinners, this year must be the greatest month of the rosary we have ever kept. Yes, I include priests very much in this appeal, because when a priest preaches to you about the Most Holy Rosary, he preaches to you simply as a fellow Christian. Everything a priest does as a priest, he does for others. He cannot give himself the sacraments. He's a priest and a Christian. A Christian with you and a priest for you. And during the beautiful month of October that approaches, the man of the altar is reminded especially of the fact that he is a Christian with you. As a priest, he prays, heals, and offers sacrifice for the salvation of the world. As a Christian, he works out his own salvation in fear and trembling. As a minister of the sacraments, he brings grace to others ex opere operato, by the mere accomplishment of the sacred work and independently of his personal holiness. As a Christian, he must receive the sacraments with the proper dispositions in order to obtain graces for his own soul. And he must be a man of prayer, reciting, yes, and chanting the public prayer of the Church, the divine office, which he prays with and for the whole mystical body of Christ, but lifting up his heart in prayer, private prayer as well, vocal prayer and mental prayer, meditation, contemplation. He is a man of the altar, a man of the office, but he is also a man of the beads. From the day when Our Lady gave these beads to St. Dominic until today, the Church has unceasingly recommended the recitation of the Most Holy Rosary. 
For from the heresies of St. Dominic's time until the horrors of the 20th century, the rosary has been the clearest sign of Our Lady's presence in our fallen world. Mary acts in history. In St. Dominic's day, she stopped the Albigensians. At Lepanto, she stopped the Turks. At Lourdes and at Fatima, she confirmed our faith through the prayers of little children. At Lille Bouchard in 1947, she stopped the communists from taking over France. And at all these moments in history, she has been found offering her beads to her children. The recitation of these beads is known as Our Lady's Psalter. 150 Hail Marys to mirror the 150 Psalms of David, which we recite as the divine office over the course of the week. It has also been called from countless centuries the Rosarium. This word Rosarium, from where we get our word rosary, means, by origin, a rose garden. And so that is a beautiful meditation when we reflect on the prayer we so often say to conclude the rosary, the prayer which comes from the feast of the Most Holy Rosary. Grant, we beseech thee, O Lord, that meditating on these mysteries of the Most Holy Rosary of the Blessed Virgin Mary, or as we might translate, meditating on these mysteries in the Most Holy Rose Garden of the Blessed Virgin Mary, we may imitate what they contain and obtain what they promise through Christ our Lord. During this month of the Holy Rosary to come, I have for you a simple exhortation to pray your rosary daily and well. This means especially to pray your rosary in the school of St. Francis de Sales. Our holy patron taught that the whole of Christian perfection consists in great love for God, especially in a great love of God's holy will. And every decade, every set of mysteries, every chaplet of the rosary begins with an act of love of the holy will of God. To begin the rosary, we sign ourselves and kiss the cross reverently. I sign myself on the brow of my mind that I may know the will of God. Then on the heart that I may love that holy will. Then on the shoulders, my arms, that I may embrace and do the will of God. To know the will of God, I require the virtue of faith, which I obtained from our risen Lord in the first glorious mystery. In the first joyful mystery, Our Lady of the Annunciation teaches me to love that will and keep it always in my heart. And in the first sorrowful mystery, I learn in the Garden of Olives to embrace that will, to cling to it, to drink of it. I begin each decade with the greatest prayer of love for the will of God, the greatest prayer ever composed, for it was God himself who willed to compose it, the Our Father. 
Thy will be done. Yes, eternal Father, always yes, was how St. Francis de Sales so often put it. Thy kingdom come, thy kingship come. In our minds, our hearts, and all our doings. During the recitation of Our Lady's Psalter, that is, of the 150 Hail Marys, we are, as you know, to meditate during each decade on a different mystery in the life of Jesus and Mary. Concentrating on each mystery for ten Hail Marys is a difficult task for most of us. And so we might consider, from time to time, employing a method used by many devout souls over the centuries, and especially popularized by St. Louis de Montfort. It consists in adding to each Hail Mary, after the holy name of Jesus, an invocation that reminds us of the mystery we are praying. Living in Bavaria as a deacon for a year, I was interested to discover that Germans employ this method almost exclusively in their recitation of the rosary. Indeed, whenever you visit a church where it's being recited, you only hear it this way. And the first joyful mystery, for example, Gegrüßet seist du, Maria, voll der Gnade, der Herr ist mit dir. Du bist gebenedeit unter den Frauen, und gebenedeit ist die Frucht deines Leibes, den du, o Jungfrau, vom Heiligen Geist empfangen hast. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, whom thou, O virgin, didst conceive of the Holy Ghost. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And it continues so on for all of the mysteries of the rosary, adding an invocation that reminds us of the mystery we are supposed to meditate on. It is also possible, if you wish, you can certainly use your old words for these things, and even use your own words to remind you of the fruit you are praying for. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, who makes us truly humble, for instance. You do not need to employ this method all the time, but I think you may find it fruitful to make it part of your daily practices, at least from time to time. When and where should we say the rosary? Walking, in church, before the Blessed Sacrament, all of these are acceptable, but we know that we obtain a plenary indulgence under the usual conditions when we do recite the rosary before the Blessed Sacrament. And this includes, as Leo XIII reminded us, even during Holy Mass. It is true that some people take issue with the practice of reciting the rosary during Mass. If this is not one of your practices and you do not wish for it to become so, you need not do it. Nevertheless, over the centuries, quite a number of devout souls and saints and holy popes have encouraged this practice. If you find that it helps you to be more recollected at Mass, if it helps you to meditate on the mystery of our, of our Lord's incarnation and his work of redemption. For this coming month, however, there is one way above all in which I exhort all of you 
pray the rosary, no matter the time or place, in your family. We know how much the Church encourages this practice, in that by praying the rosary with your family, you may obtain a plenary indulgence, just as you would by praying it before the Blessed Sacrament. The family rosary is a labor of love and long-suffering. Screaming babies, bored, fussy children, barking dogs, barking phones, the distractions of a home with unfinished chores. Outside times of crisis, great fear, trial, or grief, the family rosary on any given day may seem to afford little consolation. You may wonder, is it even praying? I assure you it is. You must have firm faith that the rosaries you have said with your family will be presented to you as a, guard, as a garland by your Heavenly Mother on the Day of Judgment. Pray it kneeling together before the cross, the Sacred Heart, the Blessed Virgin in your home. Or pray it sitting together, though I might suggest at least kneeling for the opening prayers and for the Hail Holy Queen at the end. Or pray it walking together in your backyard, in your neighborhood, in the car. It is nothing more than having your family spend a short time together in the rose garden of the mother of fair love and holy hope. No matter when or where, do not let one day of October go by without saying at least your five decades, or even your full rosary if you are able. Surely we do not want for intentions this coming month. We must first of all thank Our Lady for her wondrous protection during these long months of disease, government oppression, and violence. Can we doubt that she will continue to guard us by her beads in the months to come? Let us continue to pray fervently for the defunding and collapse of the abortion industry, for an end to godless Marxist revolution on the soil of this land consecrated by the blood of the North American martyrs, that Christ alone may reign. How fitting that the feast of Christ the King was chosen to crown the month of the Holy Rosary. It was a kingship won on the cross, and since then our King is surrounded by countless subjects who have been sweetly conducted to his court by the gentle cords of his queen and mother. And if we cling to these beads all our life and use them to love the holy will of God, that we may go forth with the hope that our mother will not let go of her end of the cord until she has brought us to the eternal rose garden, planted upon the waters of eternal life. Amen.